Welcome to Community Baptist Church Podcast. In just a few moments, you will hear from Pastor Chris Davis. So grab your Bible as we prepare our hearts for today's word. For additional podcast, visit us online at www.communitybaptistchurch.online backslash podcast. If I was to ask you, what is your description of heaven? How do you describe heaven? So if you were to die today and you were entering into heaven, how would you describe it? What would you say heaven is like? You know how many different takes on heaven we would have in here? In fact, a lot of people are thinking about heaven and they're thinking about something that somebody had told them a long time ago. And, and this is what I, I, I see this street of gold because we sing about it, right? So I'm going to be walking on the street of gold. Or I'm going to be standing at the, what, the, the gates of pearl. Or when you see this pearly gate and you're, you're thinking, okay, so there's this big gate with pearls. and No, I'm going to be teleporting back and forth and I'll be able to fly around. So I'm going to go ahead and warn you today that some of the things that I'm going to teach you and tell you that your misconception or your conception of what heaven will be, I want you to, to listen to the scriptures and what they teach. Because the truth is, a lot of times we're, we only repeat what we've been told. And that's, that's dangerous. So I, as I thought about this, I've really struggled in the last three weeks of deciding how I was going to start and present this and how I was going to do this. And I kind of is, I'm kind of looking at it, and we're going to look in Revelation 21, and I'm going to break it down into two parts, and I think it would be neat that we kind of end this in communion next week. But there's a lot of misconceptions about heaven, and I would like to start there about what people really believe or what they've been told or just what they thought heaven would be like. The first thing is, People have said this, believers who die, they are now angels. Well, God has another angel in heaven. How many times have you heard that? How many times have you been sitting at a funeral and says, they're floating around and they had their harp? I mean, that's what you kind of picture is, is, is grandma was over there playing her harp. I mean, she's sitting on that cloud playing her harp with all the other angels. And guess what? She has wings. You know, the Bible doesn't teach that at all. In fact, if you look at the difference between angels and humans, our current position is found in Psalms 8.5. He says, yet you have made him, talking about man, a little lower than the angels, and you crown him with the glory and majesty. In fact, at this point, he says, you are not an angel. You have been made a little bit lower than the angels. But one day we get to 1 Corinthians that we're going to be the judges of the angels. Now, who are we going to judge? The Bible says that we're going to be also judges of those demonic angels who were kicked out of heaven. We will be over them and judge them. Do you not know that we will judge the angels? How much more matters of this life? But here's the most important thing. Angels were never created in the image of God. Not only this, angels have not been redeemed by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Because they're not us. That was specifically designed for mankind. Hebrews 1.14 says that 
Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to provide service for the sake of those who inherit salvation? He's talking about us. He's not talking about angels are going to inherit salvation because they're not redeemed. They wasn't redeemed. They're not covered under the blood. We are totally different than angels. We will, when we die and we go to heaven, we do not have wings and we do not sit there playing a harp and we are not angels. We are children of God. But not only this, and by the way, I know that hurts some of your feelings because you, you put a high priority on your guardian angel. The scriptures do not teach a guardian angel, by the way. You, you know that, that they're ministering spirits, so we could have a hundred different angels, a thousand different angels, a million different angels that are ministering to us. And oftentimes where people get the whole guardian angel thing, it's because he talks about that an angel will minister to a, a child. There's one verse that kind of implies that there's a ministering angel. So, but I, I don't, don't put a lot of preference on your guardian angel because, to be honest, we have the Holy Spirit, we have Jesus Christ, we have God, right? The three in one. That's the one who is controlling and these angels. Those are the ones that are uh, giving out the commands. There's another misconception about heaven as that believers, when they die, they receive their new bodies. Now, I want to tell you that I don't know what this looks like. So when we die right now, their, their bodies are in the grave, but when but our spirit and our soul is in heaven. So the question is, and by the way, there's really no answer to this, is what does our body look like in heaven? Well, we're going to have some type of body if we were to die and go to heaven right now. And the reason I know this, you think about the rich man in Lazarus. He said, and he cried out saying, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm in agony of this flame. He could feel there was some type of feeling, there was some type of body that, that, in, that the rich man in hell had. He was not some spirit or soul just floating around with no body. So when is it that we're going to receive our glorified bodies and it's after the resurrection that one day, 1 Thessalonians says that there's going to be a resurrection and the ground is going to open up. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we who are alive and remain shall follow after them. And then at that point, the Bible says, we will receive a glorified body. 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We will know that when He appears, we will be like Him, because we will see just as He is. That what our bodies will be like and what that means, I'm going to be honest with you, there's people that say, oh, we'll be able to walk through walls and all of this. I do not know what a glorified body looks like other than it will be perfect and perfected. People say, well, will we be the age we are now? Some of you say, I sure hope not. Some of you, you know, think about all the, the, the infant babies that are aborted in the, in the womb. Will they remain that? There's so many unanswered questions when it comes to this. But we do not receive a glorified body until after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when people go to heaven at this point right now, 
I, I have no idea what their bodies will look like. They have to have some type of body, but nobody knows. The scriptures are not clear on what that body looks like. There's another misconception is that there'll be no more pain, no more tears and no more sorrow or memory after we die. So let's look through this. Let's go back to the rich man and Lazarus. He says, for I have five brothers in order that we may warn them so that they will not come to this place of torment as well. So when, when the rich man goes into Sheol, he's crying out going, I have five brothers who are still there. Please tell them they do not want to come to this place. He has a memory of what has taken place in the past. Enough, and, and you got to remember that he was told, look, if they reject the, the prophets, then they're not going to be here anyway. And he goes through that whole thing. But here the rich man has this memory of this. But what about Christians? One of the verses that I think bothers me and intrigues me the most is found in Revelation 6.10. Do you remember I said that during the tribulation period, there's going to be a part where Christians are just being slaughtered. They're going to be beheaded. Because they're going to be blamed for a lot of the stuff that's taking place during this time. And so they're just going to be martyred saints. And they're going, to be, they're going to die and immediately they're going to be gathered around the throne of God. It is death and then you're present with the Lord. And so here are the martyred saints and they cried out saying, How long, O Lord, and how true you refrain from judging and avenging our blood who lives on the earth. People, they remembered what took place. And he says, Look, when will you avenge us? When will you avenge my blood? We are being slaughtered. And what does God say? Shh. And that's when he puts the white robe around them. And he does avenge. But they remember that. And then one day, as we're going to look at today, there will be a final wiping away of the tears. Wiping away of the pain and certain memories. Revelation 21.4, and he will wipe away the tears from their eyes. There will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning, crying, pain. The first things have passed away. That there's going to be a day after after the great white throne judgment, that God will finally wipe away all the tears from the eyes. But that's not until later on. There will still be memories. There will still be tears. Now, what kind of memories we will have? I have no idea what extent of it, but we do see that people have memories of what's happened here on earth. And often people, when they hear the word heaven and they read that in the Bible, they think, oh, Heaven is where God dwells. Now, I want to go ahead and tell you this. God is omnipresent, right? He is everywhere. There's not a place where God is not. So I don't want you to think that I'm teaching something that I'm taking away from who he is. But every time you read the word heaven in the Bible, it's not referring to the heaven that you're thinking about. Oh, we die and we go to heaven because a lot of people believe that this is it. So many people have come to me and says, I just thought we died. We didn't know that there was this thousand-year reign or there was this tribulation. We, we just thought we died and we went to heaven and we walked on streets of gold and we, we, we went to the pearly gates and we saw St. Peter and we saw Grandma and Grandpa. Trust me, there is a lot more than that. So when you read the word heaven, 
you've got to think of it into there's actually the Bible speaks of three heavens. The three heavens. Number one, when it says there's the first heaven. And I'll show an illustration of this in a second. That's simply our atmosphere. Matthew 6, 26, look at the birds of the what? Sky. Your Bible says probably heaven in the King James. And so when you say, look at the birds of the heaven, oh, God's dwelling place where grandma is. There's birds there. No, it's talking about the atmosphere. It's talking about the first atmosphere. That they do not sow, they do not reap, gather crops and barns, and yet our heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more important than them? So we talk about Genesis 6, 7. The Lord said, I will wipe out all mankind whom I've created from face of the land, mankind and animals, as well as crawling things and the birds of the sky, birds of the heaven. For I am sorry that I've made them. He's talking about after the sin. But he's talking about the blue sky. When we look up at the sky and we see the blue sky, that will be called the first heaven. James 5, 18. Then he prayed again and the heaven poured rain. And produced its fruit in Hebrews. What did heaven? Oh, that's where grandma is. No, that's just the atmosphere. That would be called the blue sky. Then there's another heaven. The second heaven was what we would call outer space. The sun, the moon, the stars, the planets. Look at Matthew 24. But immediately after the tribulation, those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. What heaven is it talking about now? It's talking about the second heaven. It's talking about the outer space. How about Deuteronomy 4.19? And be careful not to raise your eyes to heaven and look at the sun and moon and the stars and the heavenly lights and allow yourself to be drawn and worship them and serve them. What he's talking to, it's a warning here. He says, look, don't follow after the creation, follow after the creator. But here he's given us an illustration and he's talking about not heaven as in the dwelling place of God. He's talking about heaven, the outer space. So we have the blue sky heaven. We have the black sky heaven. And then we have the third heaven. Second Corinthians 12 says, I knew a man in Christ above for 14 years. Such one is called up to the third heaven. Paul refers to the third heaven. This would be the dwelling place of God. Hebrews 8.1 says, Now the main point in what I have been saying, that we have such a high priest who has been taken, uh, who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God and majesty in heaven. Is this the blue sky heaven? Is this the outer space heaven? No, this is the dwelling place of God. When you and I think of this is where when we die, we will go to heaven. And he's talking about this is where Christ is. Acts 7.55, this is really neat as you're looking at Stephen, one of my favorite Bible characters next to the woman who had hemorrhaging for 12 years. Stephen had just finished a 52-verse sermon where he basically just told the, the high priest, the Pharisees, he just told them off. He said, look, just want to be honest with you. You don't even know God. You have, you have no knowledge of who God is. He said, you're deaf in your ears. Your heart is cold. And, of course, they pick up their stones and they begin to stone him. And the Bible says that Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit and looked intently into the blue sky, the black sky. No, this word is heaven, the third heaven. 
So when Stephen looks up, he doesn't see the first atmosphere or the second atmosphere. God allowed him to view heaven. And Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. Lastly, Hebrews 9 says, For Christ did not enter into a holy place made by hands, but a mere copy or true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear into the presence of God, third heaven. I want, you, so I want you to be careful as you read the Bible and you see the word heaven, say, which heaven is it talking about? Which atmosphere is it talking about? First atmosphere, second atmosphere, or third so if I did a picture of it, it would be something like this. We have earth here in the bottom left-hand corner. Then we have the first heaven, the blue sky, the second heaven, the black sky. Then the third heaven is the dwelling place of God. When you and I say, when I die, I want to go to heaven. So here's where a lot of misconceptions really I'm getting ready to, I need you to pay attention because I don't want you to misquote me. I'll be on video. You'll be able to listen to it again and again. The best way that I can explain what we're getting ready to talk about is that when we die and we go to heaven, that's not our final resting place. The heaven, the third heaven that I've just talked about. The Bible says that there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and that's what I'm going to talk about. So oftentimes people will say, I'm going to heaven to walk on the street of gold. I want to go ahead and tell you people, there's no illustration right now that the heavens that you go to, if you were to die today, that there is a street of gold there. That there is no mansions there. We do not see that until Revelation chapter 21. I'm not saying that it's not true because I'm going to prove that it's true. But when does that occur? And so I want to explain it this way. Let's say that I decide to go to Sacramento, Sacramento, California. Why would I want to go there? I don't know. But right now I am in Greensboro. And so I get on an airplane and I fly. And I fly to Dallas, Texas. And I get off of that plane and I go visit some friends in Dallas, Texas. And then... I get back on a plane and I get to my final destination in Sacramento, California. Now, when I left Greensboro and let's say Taylor says, Chris, where are you going? If I was to say Dallas, would that be necessarily true? Yes. But is that really where I'm finishing up? No. I'm finishing my journey in Sacramento, California. So this is the way I want you to view it. Let's say that Greensboro is on earth, okay? This is my home. This is where I live. I die, and I go to the third heaven. But that's not my stopping point. The Bible, what we're going to look at today, is that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and what we're going to look at is finally we see the street of gold. Then we have the mansion. Then we have the new earth. Now, it's interesting because the Bible doesn't give us a lot of description about what the third heaven looks like other than it's the dwelling place of God. So when we go to heaven at this point, I'm going to be honest, I have no earthly idea 
I cannot give you a full description of what our heaven looks like at this point. But I can tell you what the heaven that we're going to live in for eternity is going to look like. And that's what we're going to look at today. So open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21, and we're at the end of this book. It's 21 and 22. The Bible says, then, what, what, what do you mean then? Then, after the great white throne judgment, after people have entered into the lake of fire, he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth that passed away and I, there's no longer any sea. And I told you that I felt like this happened before the great white throne judgment. Okay, that's my feeling. But the Bible says that there is a new heaven. All right, so when you look at this, what heaven is it talking about? Is it talking about the dwelling place of God. Often people look at it and say, oh, yeah, that's where God dwells. So God's going to create a whole new heaven. No, no, no. The word heaven here means a new celestial sky. Remember, everything is destroyed. There's no more planets. There's no more sky. There's no more stars. There's no more earth. It has all been taken away. And by the way, there's people that has tried to prove that says, oh, no, he just revamps it. No, he destroys it completely. Poof, it's gone. There's no earth as we know it. There's no planet as we know it. And he's making it anew. Everything that had been destroyed and obliterated by sin and destruction and death and carnage, it will all be gone. It will all be wiped away. And so he makes a new sky is the very first thing that we see. This is not heaven or the dwelling place of God. That's not the word. You got to look at each word. What is it talking about? The word heaven is he's going to create a new sky. And I have no idea what that looks like, but I can't imagine how magnificent it's going to be. But not only this, he creates a new earth. A new earth. This whole earth will be made again. And this is my perception about this. I believe it will be very close to what originally God designed in the garden. Because we will work in heaven. It will not be filled with the sweat of the brow, the thorns and thistles, the pain and all of that. But there will be work, organization. I mean, we see that in, see that in Scripture. Then it says, the first has passed away. The current earth, the current sky, celestial Atmosphere, heaven, one, two, three, is all dissolved. And the Bible says there is no longer any sea. Now, if you look at how much the sea covers of the earth, it covers 66.6%, I think, of the entire earth. So no more oceans. Now, let me tell you what some commentaries try to say. This is not exactly talking about oceans. What they try to do is they try to tell you that it's, it's, a, it's a metaphor for heathen nations. It's a metaphor for evil. Because then they try to prove it with verses like Isaiah 57 and the beast and Revelation 20 and the beast came up from the sea and it says there's no more evil. Guys, that's not what the word says. The word means ocean. And every time it's used in the Bible, it means ocean. It means sea. There's no more sea. God is recreating the earth altogether new. 
Now, we will talk about next week that it seems that there will be some type of fresh water. We see the river of life. There will be some type of fresh water. What that looks like, I don't know. But there's going to be no more ocean. And by the way, the word in specifically means Mediterranean Sea. And then some pastors have said this. Well, that just means the Mediterranean Sea is gone. But every time you look at the word, it's ocean, it's ocean, it's ocean. And then verse 2 says, And I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from the heaven of God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And this is kind of where we're going to park here today, and I'll be done. Today, you'll leave here very, very excited as what we're going to see. So the Bible says, and I saw this holy city. And so here is the new Jerusalem that is coming down from the sky. What sky? The celestial sky. All of a sudden, God has brought down this Jerusalem, something that is very different than the current Jerusalem. Next week, we're going to look at his foundation and, the, and what's written on the foundation. And we're going to see the street of gold in this Jerusalem. We're going to see the pearly gates in this Jerusalem. All of this is not until this time that we think about what heaven would look like. And the Bible says it's coming out of heaven. Now, here's where I'm going to be very adamant about this. When this new Jerusalem is coming down out of heaven and is coming to land on earth, it's not hovering above the earth. So here's what oftentimes people say. Well, the Bible doesn't say it actually lands, so we'll be able to go back and forth from earth to heaven, earth to heaven, to earth to heaven. Heaven is an atmosphere. The, the new Jerusalem, it will land on the actual earth. There's no indication that we will have any type of wings and we'll be able to fly and get around. Now, God may allow us to, to go into space in some, some way, form, or fashion, but there's no indication. But he sees it. John sees this city coming down to land on the earth. And the Bible says it's prepared as a bride. He's trying to describe his beauty. Many of you, I have done your ceremonies in here. And one of the things I will tell you as we're standing in the back room getting ready to walk out is you look at her. Because tendencies are, is that obviously as tough as these guys are, they start crying, right? What's the first thing you do when you start crying? You drop your head. And I will say, even when we're standing up there, you look at her, you look at her, you look at her. And I have guys come back and say, thank you so much for saying that. Because there's no more beautiful picture than a bride coming to the husband. It is, it is majestic. I still remember Christy coming down the aisle and the, and the lights from the, the windows, how they hit. She, she looked like angelic. And John's trying to describe this, this city that is coming down. He said it's majestic. It's the most beautiful thing that I can think of is talking about a bride. Now, I want to tell you, this Jerusalem, he gives us the dimensions of this. And this is where I want to finish up today.
And we're going to do some math today. And then next week, I'm going to finish up talking about what the what this city looks like. I want to John in 16, 21, 16, he talks about the size of this Jerusalem coming down. By the way, this is where the street of gold is. This is where the pearly gates are, but not until this time. John in Revelation 21, 16, he gives us a description. It is 1,500 miles wide. The depth is 1,500 miles and the height is 1,500 miles. 1,500 by 1,500 by 1,500. It's cubic surface area. This place is enormous. I remember as a child thinking about 1,500 miles and all the people that will be in heaven. Has anybody ever struggled with like how we all going to fit? Because when we think like that, we're thinking, okay, only 1,500 miles surface area, how we live on earth, but you can't think that way. You've got to think 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles, cubic. By the way, this is just the new Jerusalem. We ain't even started talking about earth yet. We're talking about an enormous livable space for eternity. Now, I want to tell you how big this cubic square, just the new Jerusalem and not earth is. How many miles? The city is about 3 trillion, 375 billion in total cubic miles, if we did it that way. Okay? This way, this way, this way. So let's just say, what is the average floor? Like if you were your house, would we agree about eight foot ceilings? Is that, is that fair? Yes? Let's just say that we were to break this new Jerusalem up kind of like an apartment complex. And let's give everybody 10 foot ceilings. We're 1,500 miles up, 1,500 miles wide and deep, okay? And we give Every one of you in your mansion, 10-foot ceilings. If I was to do 10-foot floors at 1,500 miles, you want to know how many stories that is? Some of us are like, man, a 100-story building? That's a lot. Some of you have been to the Empire State Building and how fast and all the stories that is, and you're like, it's amazing to look out. How many, how many floors? 792,000 floors at 10-foot ceilings. You see, oftentimes when we think about this, we're thinking about just the surface area. Let me, let me give you an illustration of how big the New Jerusalem is going to be. It will be bigger than France in cubic feet. Ten times bigger than France. Ten times bigger than Germany. Forty times bigger than England. So each floor will have, what, about about two billion miles 
of, of square miles per floor. When you do 1,500 by 1,500 by 1,500 and you figure it that way. Let's move on. So how much livable square feet will there be in this new Jerusalem, in the mansions that will come down in this city? By the way, we're going to talk about the temple, how God is the temple. We're going to talk about that next week. Each floor at 10 foot high ceilings is 62 trillion, 726 billion, 400 million square feet per floor. Anybody impressed yet? What does that mean by livable square feet? The average house, I think, in America is about 1,500 square feet. Not in other countries, but in America. In other countries, about 100. But 1,500 square feet. How about if I told you you could live in your mansion at 500 by 500 square feet? 500 by 500 square feet. That would be an equivalent of 250,000 square feet just for your mansion. So some of you have been praying, Lord, if I can just get away from this child just for a little bit. You got it. 250,000 square feet for one mansion. Because of the cubic, and, and that's at 10-foot ceilings. So how many mansions per floor would that actually be? 250, what? Million, 906,000 mansions per floor at 250,000 square feet. I'm explaining how enormous this new, this new Jerusalem coming down looks like. At 1,500 miles up and 1,500 miles wide and 1,500 miles deep. Now here's something that's really going to blow your mind. Well, Chris, if that's per floor, how many total mansions are in the Father's house? You ready for this? 198,717,235,300,000 mansions per the New Jerusalem at 250,000 square feet per mansion. And by the way, this is why in John 14, 2, in my father's house are what? Many mansions, rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you because I'm going to prepare a place for you. I don't think in our mind we can understand how huge this place is going to be and what that mansion is going to look like. When we die right now, we don't go into our mansion. It's we're traveling one day when the new heaven and new earth and we go through the millennial reign of Christ. One day, that's when we'll see the street of gold we'll talk about next week. That's when we'll see the pearly gates. That's when we'll enter into our mansion. You know what's amazing about this? It's an estimate, obviously. 
How many people you ever think that's ever been born on earth? Barna did a study on this, and they are obviously just guessing. And they think 117 billion people have ever been born total on earth. 117 billion. But there's 198 trillion possible rooms at 250,000 square feet per room. The, the space in this new Jerusalem that is coming down is magnificent, is enormous. And it will be our dwelling place forever with God. Next week, we're going to look at earth and we're going to look at specifics about each stone and each pearl that's going to be around this wall in this mansion. I want to tell you, as you look at this rich man and he is screaming out for one drop of water versus Lazarus. Lazarus one day will be experiencing his mansion, the street of gold, and the presence of God. Where in hell, there will be no presence of God anymore, which I think will be the worst part about the whole experience of hell. So stay with me next week as we finish the description in Revelation chapter 21 and 22 of this new Jerusalem. We've just, just got the tip of the iceberg. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Find us online at Facebook and YouTube or join us online each week. For more of our online podcast, visit us at www.communitybaptistchurch.online backslash podcast.